Good morning. I'm Coach Jake, and excited for us to start this series. We'll be here on Christmas Eve, two weeks from today. We'll have our regular stuff going on. Uh, but this Sunday, next Sunday, and Christmas Eve, we're going to be talking about Christmas. And we've got this idea of peace, joy, and love. Easy words to put up there. It's easy to put this picture of this cute baby and to think about this nativity scene. But if you're here today, just in my conversations with quite a few of you, I think peace, joy, love, they seem maybe complicated to get to, hard to get to. Today we're going to have a fairly simple analogy, a fairly simple stuff going on in the sermon. I don't think what we need to have peace in our life is really all that complicated, but I do think it's going to take an openness on our part to say, Jesus, I'm coming to you with hope. And so before we even get into the rest of this, I want us all to say that to Jesus, okay? So if you guys will bow your heads with me, let's talk to Jesus. I will say it out loud, but it's important that you and your heart are in the same spot. Jesus, I'm here today, and I don't have as much peace as I need to have. Jesus, I'm here today because I'm hopeful that you can bring me real peace. Please help. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That hope is a lot of what faith really is, is you show up with a hopeful attitude towards your day because of Jesus, right? You show up in, in each moment with some hope that Jesus is involved, right? So I said we're going to talk about some pretty simple stuff. This week I played miniature golf, and I'm no good at any, I've never played real golf ever in my life, but even miniature golf, I'm, if it's a sport and it's not involving a Frisbee, like I'm pretty terrible at it, uh, is the, the normal so right away, I'm playing with three other buddies, and it's pretty obvious, like, I'm at the back of the pack quick, right? Uh, the stroke limit was six. I found that out quick, you know, on the little mini golf course. So, uh, but as I was playing miniature golf, and I was thinking about this sermon, I realized miniature golf, I think, can be helpful to us right now. If when you're playing miniature golf, the first thing people do, all these holes are really weird. The very first thing they do, though, is try to figure out where even is the hole at, Right? And for a lot of us in life, I think we just need to take this miniature golf approach this morning of like, what are we even shooting for? Before we get too much worried about all the obstacles or whatever other dramas in your life, like it's just very first, right out of the gate, like what are we even trying to accomplish? Like what are we, where are we trying to get to? Because a lot of us are so worried about like the little cool quest dragon or whatever it is, right? You're worried about whatever shiny dramas in your life you've lost sight of where you're even trying to get to. And not a good way to play mini golf, right? So first thing you do is figure out where are we trying to get to. And I came across a quote this week that I feel like as Christians, this is a good goal for us to shoot for, right? So I'm gonna put this up there and then we're gonna kind of Western independence, like put it into some regular English. But this is what John Mark Comer says. He says, the aim of a disciple of Jesus is to arrange our everyday, ordinary lives so they are 
You read this red with me, full of deep joy, peace, and love as we live in conscious communion with God all day long. Now, he uses some more syllables than I would use, but he's got that same theme that we're gonna have in these sermons, right? That joy, peace, and love is what Jesus came to earth bringing towards us, right? And in each of our lives, Jesus doesn't wanna just come to earth 2,000 years ago, he wants to get involved with Randy's life, right? with Chucky's life, with Amy's life, all the way up in the balcony with Mike and Tom, right? Like, he wants to get involved in each of our lives. But a disciple of Jesus is somebody who puts in some work, some step work, some obedience, to say, I'm gonna make changes so my life's close to Jesus. And close to Jesus means you're full of deep joy, peace, and love and connection with God the Father. Now, when I look at my own life over this last week, I, don't, I wouldn't use the descriptors of full of deep joy, peace, and love. Is anybody else in that same boat of like, it's, there's, there's some struggle, right? Uh, this last, yeah, it's just been a struggle even just getting a full night's sleep, right? And stressed out about stuff or sad about stuff or angry about stuff, like all those emotions, right? That's been my experience this past week. And you're like, great, you're the one preaching to us, right? Like, here, <laughs> no answers, huh? Here's, here's the thing to share, though, is I've got some simple stuff for us today that's not based on Jake's got it figured out. It's based on Jesus will take us where we're at and he'll take us step by step towards these things. So real quick, one more golf course thing, maybe, maybe not. We don't need the golf course thing. So what I was gonna mention is after you see the hole, normally what people do in mini golf is then they look around at the dragon or the weird angles or the hill or whatever. They try to figure out like what's between me and that hole. When we look around at our own lives, whether you're just stressed about Christmas gifts or whether you're stressed about the custody of your kids or whether you're stressed about how you're gonna get to Aspen tomorrow or like whatever it is that you gotta figure out in your life that's stressing you out. I want us to realize like at mini golf, we're pretty good at like looking at all the crazy drama and then you just get started, right? In real life, a lot of times people get so focused in on like I got this problem and this problem and this problem and they kind of freeze up. Today, I want you guys to take this mini golf approach of like we've looked at it and said like we're after connection with Jesus that leads us to peace and love and joy. We're gonna glance at the different drama things in our life, but let's get started on heading towards Jesus. So in mini golf, people don't sit there and fret for hours about like I can't, I don't know how I'm ever gonna get past that dragon. Like, right, I don't know how I'm ever gonna get past that Eiffel Tower. Like, look, it's moving or whatever, right? Like they just like, that looks weird, that looks hard. Like, let's try it, right? Everybody take a deep breath, and with all your problems, let's try to take that mini golf approach of like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get to that goal, right? And you don't have to wait till you leave to try to get to that goal close to Jesus. We're gonna read a passage of the Bible here in just a second, and right away, you can get to that goal of like, I'm closer to Jesus than I was when I sat down, right? 
So we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 1, and if you've got a Bible, I would love for you to turn to it with me. This picture of Luke that we're going to put up, uh, or of the text that we're going to do, uh, what? Computer crash. Never mind. Luke chapter 1. This is why you, it's a great reason to have a Bible yourself, right? So uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 76. To give you a little context here, the picture I had, if you can imagine it better than the picture I could find, actually. Imagine a giant Jewish beard, bearded man who's really excited. Oh, there we go. We kind of have at least a bearded person, right? So Luke 1, verse 76. There's this bearded guy who didn't think God could show up in a big way in his life. He got some humble pie, right? But at some point, God comes through in his life in a big way, and he gets real excited, and he sings a song. It's first and foremost about his son, John the Baptist, who's going to grow up to be John the Baptist. That's how we know of him. But he's going to talk about his son, who's going to kind of pave the way for Jesus. But then he's going to sing to us a little bit about who Jesus is going to be, this boy who's not yet born at this stage in Luke. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 76. And just for help today, as we're focusing on this, let's stand up if you're able to stand. If you're not able to stand, that's okay. I'm going to read this in its entirety, these few verses. And if you've got a Bible, follow along with me. But this is Luke 1, 76 through 79. And right at the beginning, it's going to be talking about John the Baptist, but it's going to shift to talking about Jesus. So Zechariah says, And you, my child will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. You may be seated. So here's this beautiful description of like what is Jesus' purpose? It describes Jesus as this rising sun coming to people who've been living in darkness. Some of us knows what, know what it's like to feel like our whole life is dark, to feel like we don't know where to go, it's scary, it's dismal, it's depressing. And we also have all seen at some point in our life like a beautiful sunrise come up, right? It's hard to be depressed while you're looking at a beautiful sunrise. It's hard to not feel new hope and new energy when that beautiful sunrise is coming up, right? It says Jesus is going to be like that sunrise. Why did he come? He said because of the tender mercy of our God. Some of us are going through hard knocks in life, something going on with your family, something going on in your own life. It's hard to hold on to that truth that like God tenderly loves you. And if you don't connect with Jesus, then you're missing out on the best example of God's tender mercy. Like if you don't have a connection with Jesus, you can go through life getting real hard towards, oh, God's not, doesn't care about me. If you will get close to Jesus, he's expressing the tender mercy of God. And if you're going through life and you don't feel a lot of peace, that you don't have that tender mercy from someone who's powerful and who knows you and who loves you. Like that brings a lot of peace. Think about it. If you knew there was one person who
who really had power, who really knew you and really loved you, like that changes a lot. But here it describes Jesus' purpose. It says it's to guide our feet into the path of peace. So I want to put up this image here of a path. The Bible is really instructive to us, right? Like it gives us these great images because if you've taken a step with Jesus, it doesn't mean like you've totally arrived, right? It's not like for a couple when they get married and they stand on this stage or somewhere else and they make these vows, it's not like they never have to say anything nice or do anything sweet the rest of their life and they'll just have a great marriage, right? It's not like, oh, we did that. Like we did that one time, right? We said something nice, like we're done, right? Relationship with Jesus is more like this path, right? Jesus describes himself as the way, the truth, and the life. So yes, you can start with Jesus right now and be forever bonded to Jesus, but the relationship isn't about saying just one thing one time. It's about going on a journey with Jesus. And the stuff you're facing today wasn't the stuff that was in your life back whenever you and Jesus first met. Unless you guys, if you haven't met yet today, like don't leave this room without starting that relationship with Jesus. But he wants to show you what peace looks like when you're living at the Maple House. What peace looks like when your kids are grown up and moved out of the house. Or whatever stage of life you're in right now in the middle of December, when it's warmer than it should be, right? Like this moment, he wants to show you what peace looks like now for you. And he's gonna give you steps to take with him, right? You don't just sit on the couch and like hum or something and it's just like everything works out. Like you take positive actions with Jesus of obedience and along the way your inside condition is different, right? Like a lot of us have sat around wishing that our insides would be good for a long time and like nothing really changed, right? But we're still living in the same place we used to be living. We're still watching the same stuff we used to be watching. We're still talking the way we used to be talking. We're still spending the way we used to be spending. Like nothing's changed, right? Like hopeful thoughts that don't land on any action or land on any person, like they don't go anywhere, right? They don't produce anything. So if you remember that John Mark Comer quote at the beginning, we don't have to go back to it, but the idea was we get connected with Jesus is how we have love, joy, and peace. And in your life today, only you can really figure this out. Like are you really connected with Jesus the way you wanna be? Because if you want more peace, it's not just about solving that crisis at work. It's not about just getting over that next issue because if you've done this a few times, you realize like there's another problem over the next hill, right? Like life keeps coming. And if your peace is dependent on everyone in your family respecting you or on everybody at work treating you well or about money being perfect or whatever, like your peace is gonna be like all over the map, right? But if your peace is about I'm close to Jesus and we're, ta we're tackling today together, like that's a different thing. So I wanna show you an image here and kind of camp out for a little bit before we wrap up. And this image has got, this next picture has got kind of two different sides to it and it's got some words to it. 
So this is kind of the choose your own adventure moment of our sermon. So my kids are into these sorts of books right now where you can like flip to a different page if you wanna take the race car or you wanna take the spaceship, right? And if you take the spaceship, like it blows up or something, right? You're like, sorry, start the book over. Like, choose your own adventure. If you haven't seen that, that's okay. But this is choose your own response to the sermon today. So we've talked about the way to peace is to be close to Jesus today. But like Buck's response in the back like might be different than Mike's response right in the front. And somebody out there wants like a compass. Like they just want a little bit of like show me a general, like where am I headed? And I'll figure it out. And then somebody else is out there is like, I don't have any clue what to do with this thing that spins around. Like I want my phone to give me like every little step and I want to never be responsible to know the two steps down the road. Like I just want to take it one step at a time. So I'm gonna give you a couple options here on how to tackle this. Because if you're here today and you're saying like, I want peace through being connected with Jesus, I wanna give you a compass path of like, here's some pointers and you can chart a course. And I wanna give you like a, if you want a super detailed roadmap, like here it is, okay? So just out of curiosity, because we're gonna spend some different time depending on how you guys pick. How many people in here are like, I just want a compass, like just point me towards the mountain and I'll figure it out the rest of the way. Okay, because only a handful of you. How many of you are like, I want every single detail, don't leave me alone, right? Okay, so that's a lot of you. Okay, uh, here's the deal on the compass. We're gonna hit the compass quick and then we'll go to the GPS one. The compass one, I think your relationship with Jesus, if I, there's a lot of words you could put on it. The word I'm gonna put on today for your true north is trust. Sometimes we have, love is probably the best word to use here, but we have a hard time grabbing on that one, really. So what I'm gonna say is, if you want, what's your compass? I want you to really look at each day, like, do I really trust God? Because the truth is, when we disobey him, when we do it our own way, or we do it without him, it's typically we don't actually trust that he's really there and that he really wants what's best for us. Like, that's what faith is. And like, if you really believe God's involved and that he really wants what's best, then typically your actions like play out with that, right? So, but the thing is like, if you just say like, oh, I just wanna do better, I just wanna obey more, I wanna do the things I've never done, I wanna do them all tomorrow, like it's hard to get there, right? So here's my steps for you if you're one of those compass people. I said trust rooted in gratitude and psalm silence. I'm making up words here. But here's the thing, like we can all try to be better people, but when I read about tender mercies of God, for a lot of you compass people out there, like do it yourself. That one probably didn't ring super true of like your own thought process would be my guess. Of like, there's not a lot of like, oh yeah, man, I just climb up in God's lap and he's my daddy, right? Like there's not like a connection like that, right? Gratitude helps us see the good stuff that God's putting in our life. And when we see the good stuff God's putting in our life, we trust him more. And when we trust him more, we obey him more. Like it all kind of goes together. So if you're gonna change one thing and you're one of these compass people, or if you're gonna change two things, sorry, the first thing I'd say is push gratitude into your life more. Like put a little note on your dashboard that says like, thank God for something. And then every time you start up your car, like say something thankful to God, right? Next thing I mentioned there was Psalms and silence. This one's been really good for me. If I can just go to the book of Psalms, read a Psalm, and then spend a minute trying to listen to God. 
Yesterday was one of the worst days of my week. The, one of the better parts of it was I read a little bit in Psalms, and it hit me with this idea of, like, God is king of all the stuff going on in the world. And I just got to sit with that for a minute. And it brought me the most peace I had yesterday, right? So you're struggling with stuff. If you can just like take a time out, read a psalm, and then just try to listen, even if it's for 60 seconds, it, it gets your mind off of that like bad spiral it can get in, right? So if you're trying to build trust with Jesus, thank him every day, read a psalm, and spend some time just listening, and your trust in him is gonna grow as you approach life, right? Okay, we're gonna bounce over here to the GPS. And I, it's 11.53, I'm gonna get you guys out of here before noon, so stick with me. But the GPS thing, I looked up a bunch of different resources. There's just like a million of these, right? Like a lot of Christians have gone before us, right? And they've written stuff down about what they did, and there's like so much out there. The number one thing you can do if you want the GPS thing is look at somebody that's in the room today that you think I want to be patient like that person's patient. I want to be loving like that person's loving. I want to be a parent like that person's a parent. I want to handle conflict the way that way person, that person handles, handles conflict. conflict. Right? Right? Like with courage, but also with ability to turn the other cheek or something like that, right? So you find this person that you're like, they're doing it better than me, and then you go to them, and you say, could I share a problem with you? Would you give me some advice? And you share a problem with them, and whatever advice they tell you, you actually do it. Like, unless the Bible directly tells you not to, like, do the thing they tell you to do. Don't go to them and be like, could you be my mentor for the rest of my life and spend a ton of time with me and blah, 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 blah. You go to them first, and you ask them for real advice. They give it to you. You do it, and then you go back to them, and then you say, you know, when you told me that instead of talking to my wife about all of her problems, I should listen to her and look in the eye and, and say something that shows that I listened, our night went way better. You know, that, like you go and you share how their advice made a difference. And then there's a little coaching here. I'm showing you how to get a mentor. Then you say, your advice helped me so much when I followed it would you be willing to start hanging out with me more regularly? Like, I really need some help. And, you know, this next year, 2024 is almost here. Would you just meet with me once a week in 2024 and help me be a better dad or help me be a better whatever, right? And you, you put an end on it. They're not committing to you for the rest of their life. But I'm telling you, like, that, if you want someone to really show you the path, like, that's how you get it. A lot of us, like, we raised our hand for the GPS thing because it sounded like the easy one, Right? It isn't very mentally hard to do this stuff, but it does take follow through, right? Having peace in your life, like you don't need to be Einstein to have peace in your life. But this sort of stuff of the humility and this sort of stuff of the courage to have the follow through, like that's where the peace comes from. So if you want a real mentor, like ask them for some real advice on a real problem, follow their advice, and then when you thank them, then you make the bigger ask for like, would you keep doing this for me? And if they turn you down, just repeat it again. If you're praying, Jesus, I don't know how to do my life right. Give me a big brother or a big sister. Like that's the sort of prayer God wants to answer for you. 
And if you will show up and actually do the stuff that people give you advice on, like you'll be able to find a mentor. Like mentors get frustrated when they tell you the right thing to do and you don't do it. People get burnt out on that, right? But if you're willing to do the next right thing, like God will provide you a mentor, right? Or when the student's ready, the teacher will appear, right? Like it's like the AA way to say it, but like it works, right? So here's the lamer version than that, which is online and it feels way less relational. You can go to this website, johnmarkcomer.com. He's got a blog. He's got this whole thing called Unhurry. He's going to talk to you about like Sabbath and solitude and silence and how to have a better relationship with God. It's very, very good stuff. But if you heard that first spiel about mentors and you're like, yeah, I don't really want to talk to people. I don't really want to change or be responsible for change. If you have that attitude, I don't know how much this website's going to help you, right? Like if you actually need the information and you're going to do it, like the website is helpful. It'd be best if you did it with somebody else, like you and your spouse do it together. Or you and you know, the guy that you're always mad at for not washing dishes in the house you're living at or whatever. Like if you guys did it together, it'd go better, right? But there's some different paths here. The truth is, if you make it your number one goal to get close to Jesus, like you will get there. Like you don't have to have any good strategy. Like draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Like God says that in James. It says it a lot throughout the Bible. The reason people aren't close to Jesus is he's not the only thing they want. If Jesus is the only one you want, like you'll get it, right? So I'm trying to give you some pointers here, but the truth is like the hunger is the important piece. Like stay hungry for Jesus and you'll get filled up. So I wanna pray a blessing over us, but final thought, this last little slide to take us back to mini golf, if our slides are working. Mini golf can be pretty stressful until you get to this point. And then it's like, no matter how bad you are, you just dink it in, right? And some of you have built it up in your mind of like, this is going to be tough. If you're in that spot, what is the smallest step you could take right after church that's in the same zone, right? Like, what's the little tiny dink you could take before you get off of Maywood Baptist, like, church property to be going in the right direction, like, make it easy and quick and get started, right? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for Maywood. Walking through that kid's space, it just, it's amazing how you provided through the generosity of Maywood people, through the gifts and talents you've given Maywood people, and the work. Jesus, you've blessed us with so much to be thankful about, but I know it's easy to not be at peace. It's easy to be stressed out and worried and fearful. I pray for myself and for all of us in this room this week, God, that we would follow Jesus on the path of peace, that we would stay close to Jesus and stay hungry for Jesus. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.